We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. It's Friday. You know what that means. Front Office Friday! Let's go. Front Office Friday. We're here talking NBA basketball with you. We'll be taking your questions and comments. So those of you joining live over on YouTube or if you're on X, welcome in. We've got a lot to talk about today. As always, the NBA, it just never ends. Never ends. It never lets up. We've got content galore here when it comes to the NBA. We've got 12 games from last night to talk about. We've got all kinds of news. Keith, it's good to be back on a proper front office Friday here. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the Thursday trade deadline edition, the Thursday pre-break edition were nice, but Friday feels right. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely does. Before we get into everything, quick reminder, everybody, we've got the uh, the basketball bulletin, which you guys can check out over on Substack. Keith did a great job putting out uh, some game notes from last night. So if you missed, there was a lot going on last night. If you missed last night's games, uh, Keith's got you got you covered there. You can get his fantastic analysis over on the Basketball Bulletin Substack. We'd appreciate it if you guys would check it out and go subscribe. Little project we've been working on that's been uh, it's been a lot of fun so far, Keith. Yeah, it has been. It's nice to have a different outlet to put out some different thoughts from what we usually cover other places, and just be able to get get those thoughts out there to the world and available to folks. So it's it's been really good. It definitely has. It definitely has. So again, would urge everybody to go check that out and subscribe all right let's get into it for today and let's start right here with well keith everybody loves they love the shout they they love the front office friday <laughs> yell um but this That's this caught me but Damn, we're big yeah um <laughs> this was something that caught me by surprise too why did the thunder wave Pokashevsky, what what what's happening here? What was the what do you think was the motivation behind that? Because I was a little surprised when I saw that come across the newswire as well. Yeah, no future there. Like they they weren't going to keep him uh, beyond this season uh, unless it was going to be a really really team friendly kind of deal in free agency. So I think for them it's cut him loose, let him go get a fresh start somewhere else, and then they open up a roster spot uh, in Oklahoma City, and they can either use that to convert a two-way player. That's what I tend to think will happen. I know there are some Thunder fans that are really, like, uh, hoping Mike Muscala gets cut loose from the Pistons, and then they can reacquire him, but mm -hmm. I don't know that that's going to happen or not. We'll see if Detroit wants to do that. But for now, I think it's most likely – 
more like a two-way player gets converted and, and they'd rather have the roster flexibility moving forward. So I, they, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. And this way, like you said, Poku gets a fresh start somewhere else. Where do you think that fresh start's going to be? Like he, he was an interesting talent for a bit. We kind of, we were hearing little things about him fairly often. And, and now here he is out on the market. Who picks him up? Yeah, I really don't know. I, 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 it's hard to, tell with that now there are a handful of teams that could claim him he makes about five million dollars this year so so a team could could jump in and, and claim that contract all you have to have is uh tpe big enough to do it and you can claim the guy and bring him in otherwise then they'll probably just kind of let him go and then somebody may sign him as a free agent there's already people saying he wants to go back home and go overseas and doesn't really want to necessarily stay in the NBA. So we'll, we'll find out here in the next uh, few days. My guess is what we'll see what it looks like and uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, where he lands, but if, if it's going to be a team, it should be a team that can give him some minutes and actually Mm -hmm. play him because otherwise he's going to be in the same spot he was in with the thunder, which was just kind of sitting at the end of the bench. So I don't know, Charlotte, Washington teams that don't have a lot of bigs, in their rotation like that, that they, they could all make sense for Poku. Yeah, it could be a team that's just kind of taking a flyer on him, giving him a chance, and like you said, giving him those minutes. That's going to be critical. You know, you did mention the Wizards, and uh, you've got a, an interesting situation there that we need to talk about as well. Jordan Poole, not thrilled about being moved to the Wizards bench. You've got new interim head coach Brian Keith that's in there that said, hey, I, you're going to go to the bench and and be kind of a sixth man here for us. What do you think about the move? I, I'm not I'm not concerned about him saying he's not happy about I would expect him to be unhappy about moving to the bench. But what do you think about the decision from the Wizards perspective to now bring Jordan Poole, who's not cheap, uh, off the bench? Yeah, I I don't blame them for making this move. This is making the most of a bad season now. And give Bilal Koulibaly the starts. Let him really kind of get... Uh, locked up with the other opposing starters. So he's going against the headline guys every single night and see what that looks like for the rest of the year. He's obviously your future guy moving forward. It's kind of him and Denny Avdia. And then mm-hmm. probably whoever they pick in this year's draft, that's kind of your core uh, group as you're resetting around guys there in Washington. So I, I have no problem with that part of it. I like, like you said, I have no problem with Jordan Poole saying, hey, what the heck? Like, right. I feel like I'm a starter. I'd rather be out on the floor. But I think in Jordan Poole's case, what ends up really mattering here is just take it in stride and do your thing. He, he, they already said he's still going to play. He's still going to play 30-something minutes a night. But honestly, he's been bad. He's been one of the most damaging players in the league in terms of role and minutes and usage for how inefficient he's been. So I really think it's uh this is the right move for Washington short term and long term to find out what you get in uh in um Blah Kulabali and, and let it play itself out the rest of the way with Jordan Poole. So the taking a peek, we're over here on spot track and we're taking a peek at the Wizards salary cap table now. Jordan Poole now coming off the bench, 24 years old. There was a point, Keith, you and I were both really high on him. We said that he was going to get the most improved player that was just a couple of seasons ago. And now here he is coming off the bench for a bad Wizards team, 27.4 million this season, 29.6 million the season after, 31.9 million after that, and then $34 million in the 2026-2027 season. Uh, This is a long-term contract. 
what's his future in Washington? Is this a temporary thing? Because if if not, if the plan is long-term for Jordan Poole to be a, a bench player for the Wizards, then that's not great return on your money given the amount they've invested here in, into Poole. Yeah, the Jordan Poole acquisition for the Wizards was never really about Jordan Poole as mm-hmm. much as it was we are re resetting this entire roster. They They basically... He, he doesn't make half what Bradley Beal does, but he makes like two thirds of what Beal did. So they could have stopped with the Chris Paul trade and said, you know what, we're going to keep Chris Paul and we're just going to kind of move forward that way. But they decided, no, let's move Chris Paul. We'll take on Jordan Poole. We'll get additional assets in that trade. And that's really what it, what it was about. So I think we're just in a spot with, with the Wizards where it's just, we're, we're just going to kind of let this thing play itself out. And they, it's, it is, it's not a good deal. Like uh, I'm not even going to pretend sure. it's a good contract, but it's not a max deal. It's, it's definitely underwater, but when you're sitting right around 20% ish of the salary cap or so they're in a spot, the wizards are where they could probably still trade him uh, down the line. But right now you don't need to, you just kind of let it sit there. Let him be your six man. See if he can rehab his value a little bit in that role. Cause that's what is ideal role would probably be on any good team anyway and then see if there's a team that can absorb that contract in a year or two and you kind of go from there because they're not in a position where they need to pay to get off his deal or anything like that so you Mm -hmm. just kind of let it play out yeah it's all they can really do right now that's that's what they have to do at this point they've got not a lot of options not like if the the wizards go out onto the trade market this summer and they say jordan Poole is available I mean, it's going to be Jiminy Crickets, right? I mean, there's yeah. you're going to hear nothing uh, in response. I don't think anybody's going to be interested in him. So what they have to do is hope that he rehabs his value on the team this year. And again, he's still young enough to where if something clicks with him, he's still a talented player. He could certainly be part of their future. So yeah. um, uh, let's... Okay, Keith, I got to I got to do this. I got to do this. Frizhny, this is one of my former students from oh, another life. It. From way back in the day, one of our basketball players at, on in junior high school, the school I was teaching at. Oh, hey, I, it it's not often. Happy. It's not often that my previous <laughs> life blends into my current life. But here, here we are, Frisia. I hope you're doing well, man. That's awesome. He was, uh, as I recall, one of my one of my honor students back in the day. Look at that. That is great, man. That, that is that is really cool. I hope we don't get any Disney people popping up because they'll want to be like, hey, remember how you said you t- took all those conference calls when you were really just doing basketball stuff? Like, <laughs> now we, we know what you were this? really doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was doing too when my when my students would be, you know, like watching a video or working yep, on a, put on a movie. I'm, I'm on I'm on the computer following all the all the basketball news of, of the day and trying to keep trying to keep up to date on everything. Good times. Good times. Trade deadline day was always was always hey, we're watching America the story of us today. Sorry, it's the NBA trade deadline. Uh nothing else yeah, that we can do. Perfect. Uh D-Rock said RIP Brooklyn Nets. Hello relevant basketball. So is that I believe that's him officially moving on from the Brooklyn Nets and, and turning in his fan card? Is, if, if that's what's happening Yeah, let us here. know what that means. <laughs> yeah, what team are you jumping to? Because I don't D-Rock. think the Nets are playing relevant basketball. Uh, Certainly the, not. The rest of the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, they they did they did not get the uh, new coach bounce. Let's just say that in uh, their their first game under Kevin Ollie, that uh, was a struggle last night against Raptors. Raptors first uh, division win mm-hmm. last night. It took them till till almost the end of February, but they are uh, last team in the league to pick up a division win. There now even with the uh, Detroit Pistons, Portland Trailblazers, and San Antonio Spurs with one division win each. Impressive stuff. Yeah. Impressive stuff. <laughs> um, let's so- get to this. No cap said, Hey guys, Keith, Joe Lakeup said on TK pod the other day that his main goal this summer is to get out of the tax and how that, how can that happen? And what would Clay's contract have to be? So Keith, while you start on that, I'll pull up the uh, warriors cap sheet here over on spot track. Yeah. It would the So the first piece is you, Clay Thompson's contract expires, comes off the books. And then you kind of hopefully go into the summer with a sense of what does his next deal need to be? You can either do that by letting it come off the books and then re-signing him. You could do it through an extension right now, like what we saw Mike Conley do uh, with the Timberwolves. So there, there's options there. Then your next piece is Chris Paul's uh, fully non-guaranteed $30 million. In order to get completely out of the tax, you got to let that go. So let's say we're in a world where they keep uh, uh, Guy Santos, they keep Kevon Looney, Gary Payton picks up his option. Mm -hmm. They've got all the other guys under contract. So Steph, Draymond, Wiggins, uh, the rookie guys, all those guys. Then you're in a world where you let Clay Thompson's contract come off the books. You're sitting at about 27-ish million under the luxury tax. Now, you'd be sitting that amount with only, let me do do a little bit of quick math here. It, well, you're actually not in a bad spot. You've got about 11 guys under contract at that point. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, yeah. You, so, so you're okay um, with 27 million. So, at that point, you go to Clay and you probably have a conversation of, can we do something at 20 million-ish? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you have you, you start them there and say, hey, maybe we'll do 20 million or 20 million flat a year or whatever it is, 20, 20 million average annual value over a three year deal or something along those lines. And now you've you you've added years of value onto his contract, but you lowered his number enough. There is no way you can do it with Clay Thompson making any kind of significant money and having Chris Paul on the books as well. That can't happen. So. They're going to have to choose between, I'm going to phrase it this way, Chris Paul or a Chris Paul equivalent contracts, meaning mm-hmm. you take that $30 million, you pick it up, and then you trade him, and right. you turn that into whether it's like two $15 million contracts or another $30 million player. Remember, they can't take back more money in trade because they likely if they did that, they'd still be operating as a second apron team. So, so yeah, it's all about creating flexibility. I do think they're going to probably let Chris Paul go and yeah. then see what they can do with Clay. And if Clay box and says, Hey man, like I'm, you know, I still need 30 plus million. And they're like, yeah, we just can't do it. Maybe that's when Clay separates and goes elsewhere. And then the Warriors just kind of, kind of move in a different direction at that point. And they'd be, like you said, well under the tax line and you'd have the full mid level to use. You'd have a whole bunch of options that they haven't had in the last couple of years uh, since being this expensive. And like you said, I don't really have all that many roster spots to fill. You'd only have a couple you know, roster spots you have to fill out. 
that, that's interesting because I think that very well could put a cap on or a ceiling on what you can play or what you can pay Clay. Right? I mean, that's yeah. and that's going to be really interesting in those negotiations because you know the Warriors don't they don't want to see him go retire somewhere no. else. That's not something the Warriors want. That's not something Warriors fans want. Or should they? He's been fantastic for them. He's been great. I mean, he's been part of the the greatest run that the Warriors have ever seen. He's been part of a dynasty. So. I don't think it's in anybody's interest for Clay to wind up finishing his career somewhere else. But if the money is what the money is, and let's say the Warriors say, well, you know, depending on how all the math works out exactly, and you part with Chris Paul and you wind up saying, hey, Clay, we can only give you 18. And some other team comes along and says, hey, we'll give you 25. Maybe that's the path to, to Clay winding up elsewhere. So that that's going to be something definitely to keep an eye on. And I think in terms of ducking the repeater and every, all the other punitive measures that are now part of this tax, it, this second-tier apron system, it, I think it would make some sense for the Warriors to take this opportunity, drop below, and then build back up from there. You know they're going to want to continue to find success. They're not going to bottom out. In fact, Joe Lake have talked about that recently, too, that he's not going to bottom this team out. But that doesn't mean that you don't take a little temporary step back in terms of your spending and then catch your breath. And off you go again, while at the same, difficult to do, but while at the same time, making sure you give Steph the pieces that he needs in order to go win. Yeah. And I think with, so with Clay too, uh, Mark Stein uh, had a little tidbit in his sub stack, the Stein line, that the Orlando Magic are being linked to Clay Thompson. Now, where that's coming from, I'm not entirely sure, but it would mm. make some sense. And what you could see happen, it's, it's a little bit different, but if we go back and I'm going back several years now, gosh, it's going to be what 17, maybe 18. I can't remember, but JJ Redick was a free agent. He was a little younger than clay is now. Cause clay just turned 34, but JJ Redick signed with Philly when Philly said, here's a ton of money on a one-year deal initially, because it was, they could afford to overpay. And that's where Orlando probably will be. And Orlando may be able to come in and say, Hey, clay, we can give you a um, multiple, uh, or, or I'm sorry, not a multi-year. We can give you a one-year deal for 25, 30, 35 million, even if it needed to be, mm -hmm. just to get him to leave. And that doesn't hurt them because it'd be kind of, hey, one-year thing. And then sometimes what you see happen in those situations is, hey, remember when we gave you 35 last year? We're only going to give you 15 or 20 this year. But you add it all together and piece it together, and it's like you got a three or four year deal worth X amount. So, so that could be the play for Orlando because again, young team, a lot of cap space. Yeah. They don't have they don't have a lot of roster spots to fill, so they could go chase a guy like Clay Thompson that way for a major uh, rotation upgrade if they feel like that's where he's going to be. So, I, I I I think it's I still don't think he leaves the Warriors, but I think we're we're inching that up to uh to a close to 50 50 proposition now mm -hmm. and i didn't think we'd ever get there I, I thought they'd get something done and and maybe they still do let's see how he adapts over the next month or so here to this reserve role and see what it looks like and then we kind of go from there yeah and i wonder if that could be a lure for another team too if orlando comes along and says hey we'll start you yeah could that be incentive too for, for yeah. Say, okay? yeah yeah but even if orlando says hey we'll start you and we're going to start you, but you're only going to play, you know, 10 minutes. And then, you know, or, but we're going to play you first five minutes and then the last five minutes mm -hmm. each half or whatever, and something like that. So we'll, we'll see what it looks like. You, you know, it's, hey, there, 
I, I think we've got a lot of his story to write over the next couple months of this season. And then we'll have a much better understanding of where he's at as a player. Yeah. All right. Let's get into uh, my guy Senpai NFT said, who's on y'all's all NBA teams as of right now? So I think I need to preface this by saying that I, I have not, it's not like I've sat down at this point and taken a hard look at exactly who I would put on an all NBA team. But I think we have to start by acknowledging that what injuries have done. I mean, like Embiid is now out of the mix, in my opinion, in terms of the the All yeah. NBA. Well, he's um, out. Yeah, he's definitely. Yeah. Out. He's missed too many games. He's missed too many too many games. He, you know, he can't even get it based on the games played. So, does that just wind up being a, by default? And not saying he's not deserving, but does Jokic just wind up automatically getting that spot? At, well, at the remember. It's, it's just the top five now positionless, but I'm saying, yeah. in the, but we've seen sure. in the past where it's like Jokic or Embiid and we kind of go yeah. back and forth. That yeah, kind of walks in. Jokic. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, I'm going to, this seems like it's pretty chalk right now. I would probably go some, and, and this is in no particular order, but Jokic, uh, SGA, Luca, yes. Giannis and Tatum. Like for me, that's, that's just where I would go. Like it's, they seem like the five best players th this year uh, in the league at this point. So that, that I don't know. There's other guys we can talk about sure. for sure, but that'd probably be my first team. Uh, you know, with that group. Yeah. I think Luca and SGA would be my next like locks uh, in, into that oh, yeah, group. Yeah. Giannis is, is of course, Giannis is always incredible. He's, he's uh, amazing. And then if you were to put, and obviously Tatum, the Celtics have been on a tear. There's no question that, that he should be in that mix as well. Who else would get it? I mean, I'm sure like the, like you could make an argument, I suppose, for maybe Jalen Brunson with how well he's, which again is a testament to how great Jalen Brunson has been this mm -hmm. season. I'm not saying he should get in, but he's in the discussion, which is absolutely amazing. Um, who else could you put into this mix here? Thinking about some of the teams that have been playing really well. Uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards, to Paul George, Anthony Edwards being another one. Why? Um... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Probably... Maybe Donovan Mitchell. That's that's probably more of a second or third team. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, KD's been really good. Booker's been really good. Um, yeah, I Tyrese Albert. I, I think the five that you mentioned are probably going to be it i think that's probably the way it goes but yes halliburton i think could could be in that mix as well um we'll keep an eye on games played there of course but 
yeah, I, I think that's it. I think it's those those five right now. I think there is some separation there, and it would take something drastic, I think, to change that over the final twenty six plus games that most teams have left on their schedules. Yeah, in in like we're doing this on the fly, so I'm sure there's yeah. somebody and have to get into that you know later we'll do that at the end of the year we'll do like a an awards kind of pod where we really sit down and go through and and lay it all out and have put real thought into it so yeah but that's it's the a bunch of the guys we mentioned but those are the five for me i think those five have set themselves apart and then Embiid would have been there and just kind of knocked everybody else down one spot yep. and probably Tatum falls off the first team at that point had Embiid been eligible uh all right let's go and by the way people are mentioning well what about Steph Curry and it, the the problem is when team wins become such a big part of it and we could argue that team winning percentage shouldn't be part of the, the discussion as much as it is but the reality is that it is it, it does yeah. it matters a lot in terms of uh the overall vote and so that's where as good as the Warriors have been lately I don't think they're high enough up in the standings to get. So it's like, I don't like LeBron and AD aren't going to get into the mix because the Lakers aren't up high enough in the standings. Same thing with Steph. Uh, same thing with a number of other guys where their teams just haven't won quite enough to get into that mix for first team. And those guys. Yeah, that's it. First team. Like those guys could all be second. Sure. Third team for sure. Like no, no issue with any of that. All right. Let's get to mission. 86 that he got Sean's opinion on this. Curious for our thoughts. If you had to choose, would you rather have a player who's uber tough but not incredibly smart or an incredibly intelligent player who's a little fragile. So who, who fits those characteristics there? Somebody oh, man, who's, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to call anybody dumb. Right. Exactly. I mean, not, you don't want to call anybody not smart, yeah. but um, just the base of the question, I would, it, it really depends on what my team needs. Like, do I have a team that can, afford a guy who's just gonna kind of run around and bang bodies and if mm-hmm. he makes mistakes whatever yeah give me that guy but if i have a team that's already full of you know ding dongs out there that need somebody to come in and uh play play a little smarter like yeah give me give me the the guy who might be a little fragile like sure. I, in general i'm always gonna pick talent like but there's a point where nah give me the guy who's gonna go out there and be super physical you know at the end of the bench like for example and i'm not saying he's not incredibly smart because i don't know i don't know him at all we haven't even seen him but like boston opted for some toughness with xavier tillman Mm -hmm. as their backup big when they went that direction and that they 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 had other options they could have gone after uh there were a lot of you know available bigs at the trade deadline and they basically said no let's go get a guy who can bang bodies a little bit and be be a little bit of a different look from chris Saps, porzingis al horford and uh luke cornett like we want somebody who's a little more physical so i i it, it all really is very very team dependent on what you need i, I think the maybe the easier way to look at this is to take away the the intelligence piece of this and (laughs) just say just say would you rather have a player who's more physically gifted or more technically gifted more skilled what would you you know what would you lean towards if you had to pick one of those two things and and again i think it really does come down to team need uh i think you're absolutely right with that in in general i tend to lean skill overall because we've seen a lot of guys that are that are hyper athletic that are physical that just that can't quite seem to get to that next level 
and that tends to disappear faster than, than anything else does, that, that athleticism, that physicality. So I would tend to lean with the guy who's a, a bit more skill-based, but again, it really comes down to what is it that your team actually needs. I think one of the biggest mistakes that continues to get made, and this is more of a draft thing, um, then it is uh, like veterans, because by the time they're veterans, you kind of know what the player profile is. But when players are entering the NBA, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody, you know, I've said this before, I'll, I'll continue to say this. I love like athletic bigs that just all they need to do is learn how to shoot, be a little more skilled. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like 1% of them ever figure out how to shoot and become more skilled. And, and then it all falls apart. But I think that's one of the biggest misses is there's this belief of if this guy's super athletic, we can teach him what he needs to know for the game. And every once in a while that happens and it all comes together and that player has a good long career. Mm-hmm. But other times we we underdraft the, the, the skilled players where it becomes, well, you know, that guy's good, but he's, he's not very big or he's not very athletic. And you know what? Those are the guys that 10, 11, 12 years in are still around. And they're they're still yeah. playing versus a lot of these guys who are you know super athletic. They may be out of the league in four or five years and completely out of the game in total in six or seven years. So that that's just something we we have to really kind of figure out. Um, we continue to get better at, but it's just that allure of upside and that belief of we can teach them, we can make everybody you know what we want them to be. And that's it exactly. The guy who is the the uber athlete is. The ceiling is higher on what that player could be if that player was to learn more. Whereas there's some guys where physically they're just they're never going to be as athletic or or as explosive as some of the other guys they're playing against, and so that can indeed lower their ceiling. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not a good player in the in the NBA. You know, I, I I don't know why this is the first guy that I thought of. There's so many great examples of this, but but look at Andre Miller. Look at the career that that yeah. he had, despite never being an explosive athlete, because he was so skilled and his court vision was so great. There's a lot of guys who are like that, where they're able to, to carve out long careers. But if teams are looking for purely how do we you know hit the lottery, so to speak, right, and get this guy who's going to just become this otherworldly player, this, this Giannis. Right. Uh, that's where you're going to go for that, that physicality, that, that sort of uh, build. Yeah. I mean, you can just quickly look around at NBA rosters and there's all kinds of guys who have made very good, long NBA careers just because they're they're They, they, whether it's, they have one skill that they've mastered or they're a smart player, they're a good teammate. You got mm-hmm. you know, like guys like Doug McDermott, right? Like he, he still is around in the NBA and still getting jobs because he can shoot and he's a good teammate. Uh, you know, you have a guy like even Chris Paul at this stage in his career, he, I mean, Chris Paul was never an athletic marvel, even when no. he first started in the league, but he's you know still playing this late in his career because he's just a really good basketball player and and he knows how to play. So yeah, it's just a just a little bit of a different you know thing there. And we we do much better with it when guys are in their career of cutting bait on guys and like Alexi Pokashevsky's kind of a sure. story of that. Like they cut bait on him because he just really can't play. He's never put it together. And every time he was getting a little momentum, he got hurt. So then it becomes, all right, cut him, move on and go, go get the, go get the next guy who can help. And especially as you become a good team, you don't have a lot of room for projects anymore. No. You, you, you want to know if I have a player go down, I need, I don't need Poku at the end of my bench. I need a big that can step in and give me 15 minutes in a playoff game like that. That's the difference. 
Absolutely. All right. Uh, Frizhny checks in again. Says, been following you for a long time, but usually unable to comment when I check in. Good seeing you. Same, same to you, man. And he said, of course, go Suns. Was teaching <laughs> in Arizona when I when I had him in class. But, um, but thank you for checking in, man. Good to good to hear from you. All right. Let's uh, let's get to this one. So D Rock chimes in and and clarifies. Said, I'm a diehard Nets fan. Forty eight minutes is torture. 12 to 24 is tolerable. Way too much relevant basketball today to simply focus on the Nets, but I'll never dump them. That that sounds like a mental health decision. Like, yep. I love this team, but I need my space for a little bit. I'll check in again next next season. I get it. I get it. Like, I understand that. I respect that. If you want to go jump around the league and you're saying, hey, I just love watching basketball. I'm going to go watch two, a couple of better teams play but I'll keep an eye on my nets and when they become watchable again, then I'm back. Okay. I get it. You know, I, I tend to be more of the, the, you know, through thick and thin, right. You're going to power through whatever, uh, whatever troubles you have, because to me that just makes the, the upswing feel that much better when that comes later on, when you, when you stayed strong through the downtimes, but I totally get it. It can be frustrating sitting down to watch a game for a team that is losing basketball games. And, and is it fun to watch? So if you got to go check in with other teams, that's fine. There's a bunch of great players in this league to appreciate. Yeah, that's that's the approach I take is when you get there, and it's not like the Nets have a whole bunch of kids that you're like, let me just watch and watch them grow and learn. Like they're it's a pretty established roster. So so yeah, if you're just watching bad basketball every night, yeah, I would turn it off too and go go find something else to 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 check in on like you said there's in in d-rock so there's there's too much good basketball going on right now yeah. to to spend a lot of time with this doesn't mean you're a bad fan or any less of a fan like i'm sure he's still gonna stay engaged and check in on the team but yeah go go check it out go go check out other teams there's a lot of good games every single night yep yeah and and you always like it's impossible to watch every single game. It's just impossible. As much as you try to keep it, it it's impossible to do it. Yeah, I don't but, go close. But every time when you go, you put on a game. I, at least for me, anyway, I see something new. Every time I see, I see something. I go, wow! You know, I didn't realize they were running that this way, or I didn't realize they had this particular energy to to the way they're running this defensive scheme, or, or whatever it is. I pick up on something new every single time I check in uh, on a game that maybe I wasn't planning on. Um, so definitely, definitely make sure you guys pop around the league and check out. There's, there's a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, I'll say this, the yeah. guy loved the roster stuff, the cap stuff, transactions, trade signings, all that. But my absolute favorite thing is the games. Like I, I sure. love basketball. Like that's my favorite part of this. I, I love all the rest of it, but like, I love the games and in to what you said, like people will say like, like I've had people ask like friends and family who like they know this is what I do, but they're 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 like, do you ever get tired of it? My honest answer is no. Like I never get tired of of watching games. Like I get tired of some of the other stuff, like the discussion sure. around basketball and that. But I never ever get tired of watching games. Like I I love you know like last night was great. Like I I I missed it so much. Like having twelve games last night, being able to jump all around and watch a whole bunch and get up this morning and watch games and that's and for what the reason you said there's always something new to discover like there's always just something new happens with a team or or a player where it's like last time i watched him he didn't have that kind of off the dribble yep like now now the guys worked on that or okay shot looks a little different and those kind of things like it's just it's it's i for my money 
it's the most beautiful sport in the world because there's only 10 players on the floor. It's pretty easy to follow. It's not an individual one-on-one battle all the time like baseball is, but it's all, but it can be, you, you Mm -hmm. can have that component. It's not the full, everyone needs to execute pretty close to correctly. Like, like football is for a play to work, but it can be, it can be that. And that's why I, I love it. Like, I love it so much because it's just, it combines all my favorite things as far as one-on-one play versus, you know, team play versus up-tempo versus, you know, not, not as fast, like all those things. Like, it's just, I don't know. I I'm now I'm like waxing poetic here, but like I, <laughs> I just, I love the game. Like I, it's my favorite thing in the world is to sit down and watch basketball. Yeah. It's, it's the creativity in the game for me. It's when you see players, especially when you see players, this is what always gets me. When you see guys do things that are just pure reaction, they're not thinking they just do something because that's what the moment called for. Oh, that, that's so cool. Keith. And that was one of my favorite things was, was playing sports growing up. When you get in that moment where your brain is kind of on autopilot, and I did this as a goalkeeper in soccer quite a bit, but where your brain's on autopilot and you just react, and that's where the creativity really starts to come out. There was I was watching some highlights this morning, and there's an, an old, old in terms of it was earlier this season, like DeMar DeRozan got into the paint, goes up, does like a half 360, a 180 spin, and fires a backwards pass <laughs> out to a corner three. And you're I like, know the play you're talking about. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it yeah. was a Steve Nash style play passing. You're like, where the hell did that come from? This is DeMar DeRozan who can, can pass the ball. Don't get me wrong, but you're not seeing that kind of stuff out of him. And he just, that was what that specific moment were required. He reacted and he made an amazing play. It's moments like that, that just, that always get me and get me excited for this sport. So anyway, yeah. we, hey, we get, we get so bad. excited. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor, and that is BetUS. You guys can check them out. Use the link in the description down below. They'll give you 125% bonus on not only your first deposit, but on your first three deposits up to $2,500 with the promo code JOIN125. Plus, they'll give you 10% gambler's insurance for your net losses if you're active every six months. So again, go check them out. I've got the site up on the screen. Super, super easy to use. Click that Get Started button. And you can walk through it. Very simple. You can find all the sports that you want. Baseball season's getting going. You can find that. Look into basketball. You can find pretty much anything that you want. You can look at all the games coming up uh, for this evening. Anything that you want to find, you can find over on BetUS. So, again, guys, click that link in the description down below. Go check it out. Get that uh, deposit bonus on your first three deposits up to $2,500. All right, Keith. Let's... uh, Let's get into this. Matthew said, I wanted to believe Monty when he said the Pistons were going to try to win games, but then Malachi Flynn and Fournier get more minutes than Sasser. What's what's happening in Detroit? I don't know. I like, I'm so <laughs> frustrated and aggravated by right? that. Like that's the downside of like just went through how much I love the game. Uh, we, then, we love this, and now like, it's like we you know, hate this. <laughs> yeah, like this stuff just drives me crazy. It's I I fully understand the idea of let's try some stuff. Let's see what we have in Fournier. Like he's kind of coming out of mothballs. Let's see mm-hmm. if he's still still got some game left. Uh, let's take a little look at Malachi Flynn. I don't have an issue with any of that stuff, but then it's like you could have done that in 
seven or eight minutes and got to look at each of them that way. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. It feels like the entire Piston season has been coaching malpractice. Mm -hmm. And I just like it, it is some, I want to say Seth Partno said this today on Twitter. Apologize if it wasn't him, but he said something along the lines of sometimes a coach holds a team back. It's pretty rare that a coach like sets a whole franchise back. That's kind of what we're seeing this year. Whatever they did with Jaden Ivey early on was awful. They, he, yeah. he, and it's, it's, I talk about this a lot, not giving guys entitlement minutes, like just out of the gate, just because. Sure. And that's okay. Like, I, I'm fine with that. But like, Ivy was playing better and deserved the minutes, and they were still playing Killian Hayes over him all the time. Like, and it made no sense. So I just did the, it's a mess in Detroit, like an absolute mess. And I, I would be going, like, if I was Troy Weaver, I'd be like, dude, you gotta stop. Like, I, Monty Williams has to know at this point, it's not about winning games. You no. broke the losing streak. You're not going to have to finish with the worst record ever. Like, that's that's not going to happen anymore. So now it becomes, like, we just got to, like, we got to get the kids. The kids need to play. They need to play as much as they can. And if you want to work a vet in here and there, fine. But, like, nobody who has a future on this team or anybody who doesn't have a future on this team after this season, they shouldn't play. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. I'm just aggravated by it. Jaden Ivey started the season averaging 20 minutes a night in the month of February, which we're getting closer to the end of the month now. We did have the all-star break in the middle, so that, you know, it's a bit smaller sample size, but he's averaging 33 minutes. He's putting up 20 points per game, 20 point per game score on 46% from the field and 47% from three. Now, is that sustainable? That shooting. Right, on it's a team that needs shooting. Is that number sustainable? Probably yeah, not, but yeah, he shot 36% the month before, right? So yeah. it's not like he's a bad three-point shooter. So you give him the minutes and the opportunities there, you give him the opportunity, he can take advantage of it. Um, you know, I was talking about, uh, I was doing radio in Memphis yesterday, and we were talking about how Memphis has found, some, you know, like Gigi Jackson getting minutes, uh, Vince Williams, guys like that that are that are starting to get minutes. That's, that's taking essentially a, you know, lost season, and finding a silver lining, finding some purpose to it. Okay, now you found some guys who can maybe build themselves up this season and become something for you next season when the games do matter again. That's what you have to do if you're the Pistons. You have to find ways to figure out what you can take moving forward, what can be taken from a really, really difficult season. It doesn't mean you're going to start winning games. It doesn't mean that the, the team's suddenly going to turn everything around or the fan base is going to be super excited. But what you can't do is just spin your wheels and just throw the entire season out and not benefit anything from it. You have to take a bad situation and glean whatever you can from it. And that's what I think the Pistons have not done a good enough job at. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's it really has been. It's it's been a complete mess of a season. And and I'm glad you brought up like Memphis. You you took your lemons and you made lemonade out of it. And you're exactly. doing your best. There it is. Get those guys. Like like do 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 that right. Portland. We're gonna start Scoot Henderson. That's a perfect example of he played, but we weren't starting him because he wasn't ready. We we weren't there. We didn't want him to start. Then it is, all right, now he's ready. He's cut down on some of the sloppiness on both ends of the floor. He's defending better. He's putting in more effort and all those things. And it really is a, a spot where it becomes, 
all right, now he can start. Like you're you're starting to turn your season into all right, let's see what we have the rest of the year. Like the Pistons, they needed to do this a month ago or more. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, all right, what are we doing? Like you gotta I feel like the Killian Hayes trade was the can't play Pena. You gotta take the club out of the bag. Like you, you he's gone. Like now he's gone. But if he's just gonna replace it with I'm gonna play Malachi Flynn, I like then why like we, we 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 accomplished nothing so i will give him a bit of a pass yesterday's game was a complete disaster he's trying to find anything that worked a couple of those guys got on the floor and at least gave him a little bit of juice and uh made it slightly more competitive for for a moment so yeah but for now it's just a messy messy uh coaching situation and a messy roster and it's it's going to take a little while for all that to sort you got to take those lemons and make lemonade, like you said. The Pistons so far this season. One of my favorite movies is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, Kunu, who is uh, Paul Rudd's character, yeah, uh, said, you know, when life gives you lemons, just say F the lemons and bail. That's, yep. that's kind of what the Pistons <laughs> have done on, on the season um, yeah. while everybody else is making lemonade. Yeah. All right. Um, Ali said, just an idea. What if they make the All-Star Game and Pro Bowl the same weekend? We can mix athletes for the skill challenges, have it in Vegas. I mean, for entertainment's sake, it would be funny, I guess, seeing football players running around on a basketball floor. Basketball players running around on the football field is probably not ideal if it was full contact anyway. But skill challenges, obviously, you wouldn't have to have to worry about that so much. But I, I don't think the NBA and the NFL are, are going to do anything like that jointly nope. anytime soon. If anything, I think the NBA is probably a little annoyed that now the NFL is doing stuff on Christmas and, and everything. So we'll see if that continues into, I think, what, Christmas was a Monday this year or, a, or this past year? Or it maybe was, it was a, a Sunday? I think it was a Sunday. Yeah. It was it was a day when the NFL would typically Christmas have games anyway. This past year was a Saturday. Okay. Right? No, I'm actually, I'm sorry. It was, on, it was a Monday. Okay, so we'll see if in the future, if Christmas is on like a Wednesday or whatever, does the NFL still do stuff? But I don't see... Which is funny, this year it is a Wednesday. Oh, there there you go. Because it's a leap year, so it goes two two days out. Uh, So yeah, so we'll... Yeah, I don't know if the NFL is going to plug a whole bunch of games in on a random Wednesday. But yeah, I think anytime it's a Thursday to Monday, you're probably going to see NFL games on Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like didn't know. Like, don't like neither sports gonna want that either. No, like, the NBA is already aggravated that they part of the reason they pushed All Star Weekend back was when the NFL made it clear, hey, we're adding a week to the season, so they were gonna push deeper into February. Like, they they don't want to cross over with the NFL any more than they already have to. Yeah, they they would prefer to avoid that if at all possible. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm just looking through here, seeing if there's any questions that we want to finish with anything that we really want to want to sink our teeth into here before we head off for the weekend. We do have a number of more games tonight, obviously. So that's, that's certainly important. Um, lots of fun basketball to watch, but yeah, let's a couple, see. A couple of interesting matchups tonight. Cavs, Sixers, Bucks, mm-hmm. Timberwolves should, should be a good one. Uh, uh Spurs, Lakers, uh, you know, it's a big game for the Lakers. They get to start stacking wins again. They do. Um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir with you. feels like like Suns Rockets should be good, but it feels like the Rockets are kind of – I think the Rockets had played above their heads for so long, and now it's like water's found its level. And they're, they're just – they're not terrible, 
but they're just not quite there yet, mm-hmm. right? They, they've, they've slipped back a little bit. So, yeah, uh, somebody asked about uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Kai Jones. No sense with, with either one of those guys. That teams are even looking at either one of them. Kevin Porter Jr., I get the, the issue ended up, I, I don't want to say dismissed, but whatever happened with the issue uh, with, with his girlfriend where it's the domestic violence, I know that's that's now been resolved. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of other things before that with Kevin Porter Jr. Like he was on his his last uh, chance when that happened, which is why he's out of the league. There were like seven or eight other things before that. So that's – I wouldn't be surprised if he shows back up. I just don't think anybody's going to pick him up in season. That's probably going to be a let's see what you look like in the summertime and you're right. in shape. Kai Jones, I talked to somebody the other day, and they were like, don't even – no idea where he's even at, like in the world wow. and all that. He, he, like his behavior over the summertime, whatever it caused it, whatever it was, was bizarre. And it really, teams are like, we're out. Like we are out of that. Like we, we don't really have any kind of, kind of interest in, in even touching that. And the, the talent level wasn't there either. Like he, I mean, he dunked on Wemby in summer league and that was, that was something. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. I mean, he's, he's one where, before we even you think about basketball, you you hope he's okay, yeah. Right, Where, wherever he's at, you yeah. you hope he's okay. Whatever is going on, you hope he's he's figuring things out and and all of that. That's yeah. There was some some issues going on there. Um, Keith, I I want to finish with this though. So this is something that I've been thinking about. You know, we had so many of us were predicting that this season OKC would would make a a big leap now. Not many people said, okay, they're going to be the number two seed in the Western Conference, but a lot, pretty much everybody, by the time we got into the echo chamber of August, everybody had OKC as like their favorite team for this season. Who is the OKC for next season right now? Like who, now that we're getting into the meat of the, of the seed, we're kind of, we know who is, uh, what these teams are. Who's the young team that makes the leap? next year and i want to remove memphis grizzlies from that conversation because i think they're already a good team they just have so many guys injured but who's a a young team that takes the step forward i think it might be orlando i i I think that's where um, i went to yeah i think we're they're in the playing picture right now maybe they may maybe they can still get into the top six we'll see philly is really sliding they they're really struggling. We don't know when, if Joel Embiid will be back, like what that looks like. Um, so yeah, it did. But I think Orlando is that team. I think they're set up to really make that big leap. You've got a good, young, improving team. We'll see if they get through and actually into the playoffs. I think that would be good for them. Get in, mm-hmm. take your lumps. That's usually how it goes on the first time through with, with a team. And then you kind of move, move into a spot where it becomes, all right, let's uh, you know, kind of go from there. So yeah, that, that's the team that stands out to me, especially because they've got uh, the cap flexibility to go add a piece or two if they really need to or feel like that's the direction they want to go in. And they've got their main pieces in place. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's something that, that you certainly like about them. Um, uh, the next teams that I would look at, it's in the West. It's the Jazz and the Rockets. Those are yeah. the two teams. But but I think they've got more pieces coming. Like, And the, the Magic could still make a big move, certainly. But... The Jazz, the Rockets, I think they're a little bit more works in progress, whereas the Magic are probably that team that's ready to take that next step. The Jazz and the Rockets could be next season what the Magic are this season. The Magic, I think, could wind up being what the Thunder are this season. Maybe that's that's setting the bar kind of high because they're the two seed in the West right now. 
But these are, when we talk about bouncing around the league, these are teams that I'm trying to pay extra attention to because I know they've got that potential upside for next year. Yeah, and if you if you spin it forward with Utah too, they're like the next team that has a million picks that could do a lot of what OKC's done as far as positioning things. They've got great cap flexibility. So yeah, they're 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 in the mix for sure uh with that. I want to end on this. Uh someone asked in the chat, love all. Uh can you give us more information about the GM program event that you spoke at with the law school students? So it was the Arizona State mock trade deadline. Um, it, it's hosted by Arizona state. So you, if you just look up Arizona state university mock trade deadline, it'll pop up, uh, more information will be coming out. The plan is they're going to run it back next year, probably similar timing. It'll be end of October, beginning part of November. Um, and basically what it was, was, uh, students from all kinds of schools all over the country, uh, got together. They applied, they petitioned to be come in. Some of them came in as teams, meaning four or five students from the same school came in as a team. Uh, some of them came in as individuals and they were placed on a team uh, with, with other folks. There were generally teams of, I want to say it was about like five to eight students. Uh, they were each given an NBA team. And then they ran over the span of basically two days a mock trade deadline where they, they had to make trades and the trades had to be legal and work and all that other stuff. It was really cool. There were a ton of NBA executives on hand that met with the students, uh, myself, Eric Pincus and Jeff Siegel. Eric Pincus is like one of the OGs of uh, the NBA salary cap, public facing stuff, uh, works for sports business classroom, uh, which is the big event in Las Vegas. Um, every year. And then Jeff Siegel uh, works for Clutch Sports. Uh, he, he does a lot of cap stuff for them and some scouting stuff with, with Clutch. So he's a, a great resource as well. We did all the processing of the trades, making sure everything was legal. Really cool event, cool networking event. So just check it out if that's what you're interested in. But and then if, if, if that wasn't what it is and they're looking for information on sports business classroom, they just started putting more information out mm -hmm. there as well. That is the big event in Las Vegas um, where students come in. They spend an entire week uh, learning the ins and outs of the business of basketball. And they do a uh, similar type event at the end where I think they do also, I believe it's a mock trade deadline um, at the end of their event. And it, they have a lot of fun with it too. So uh, that'll be going on. That that is uh, That information is out now that the, um, the, uh, uh, summer league dates are fully out there as the uh, July 12th through the 22nd. Yes, it is yep. a uh, it is late uh, later this year. It's about a week later because of Olympic qualifiers and all that that are going on. So yep, it's not Jeff Spiegel. It's Jeff Siegel. Um, is <laughs> that was the guy? Jeff Spiegel's a different guy. Je Jeff Spiegel's from Dodger, <laughs> and he's a yep. great guy too. Great guy too. He's just a different guy. <laughs> just yep. different person. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So they, you know, we, uh, yeah, but yeah, they, uh, can, can people attend? I mean, you can apply to attend if you want to, mm -hmm. uh, go, go to the event, either one, whether it's the ASU mock trade deadline or sports business classroom, you have to apply, uh, to, to, to go in and that's, that's how you get in. And then there's, there's a, there's a fee and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't in Tempe. It was in Phoenix. It's at the Arizona state law school. Uh, Jay asked in the chat, but right. But close enough right, to right there. there if you need to. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right. I'm dropping the link for the basketball bulletin one more time in the chat. You guys can make sure you go check that out. Uh, we'll have some new stuff up 
pretty soon. In fact, I'll, I'll have something out this weekend over on the Basketball Bulletin. So make sure you guys check that out. Again, hit that subscribe button over there. And don't forget to subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office Show on YouTube. Turn on those notifications as well. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us. Have a fantastic weekend. Unless something crazy happens over the weekend, we will see you all on Monday. Till then, everybody, see you and stay safe.